Welcome back to I Wish I Knew, the show where we talk about things I wish I knew before getting into a certain trade or going through a certain life experience. Today's guest is Bryce Miller. So much to unpack in today's conversation. I won't spoil it. Um, hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, trying to bring this to Spotify has been new for me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm learning. Uh, I do know if you're on Apple uh, Podcasts, three little circles, top right corner, sub, give me a follow, show me some love. Um, again, hey, today's topic, it's heavy. Uh, it was amazing. And uh, I don't really want to spoil any of it, uh, but just know that this conversation there was so much heart in it and these are the things that i've i've really uh i've been looking forward to getting into conversations that are hard and bring me out of my comfort zone and force me to uh you know think about stuff in a uh, different manner um do i have it all figured out no uh do I want to learn? Yeah. So without further ado, let's jump into uh, this conversation with Bryce. Thanks again for tuning in. Welcome to the show. Dude, this is like easily going to be the best episode as far as audio goes because you just fixed everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're welcome, Bill. So, background story. Even before we talk about our relationship and give the listeners context of, you know, how do we know each other? Um, seriously, you did really just fix the audio because we just broke down OBS like I never, ever could have dreamed. So, yeah. I don't know. For those listening, if the audio sounds better, some positive feedback would be great because Bryce really did just go in and... If it sounds bad, it was still my fault, so... <laughs> Either way, it was Bryce. Yeah. Dude, so we've been talking about this for... Uh, actually, you're the OG here because you are the guy that I talked to on the phone for a long time about, yeah. you know, this thought and... Uh, I don't know, what, what a small little dream that I had. And my concern the whole time was, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to audio. And sure. you talked me through it and blah, blah, blah. I don't know, I'm already getting a little, like, sentimental because, uh, you know, today's topic is heavy, but also, right. um, you know, when you have, at least for me, when I have uh, just really good people in my life that are, like you that are, uh, you know, willing to give me time and their resources and help me. And then yeah. also, uh, you know, just be a friend that's rare and it's awesome. So, um, I really appreciate all the support throughout this. And again, if it wasn't for you, I would have not bought these micro. I bought this stuff the same night that we talked on the phone because you're like, look, there's a million options. You just kind of, you're gonna have to pick something and roll with it, and we'll get it yep. tuned in. Pretty much. Do you remember that phone call? Oh yeah, I think it was Super Bowl Sunday night, and I was like, yeah, I'm not really paying attention to this game very much. I'll talk with you, buddy. It was late. It was. It was like seven thirty, eight o'clock. 
Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we talked for the better part of like an hour and a half. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I was probably overthinking the whole time. Um, I mean, I, I will tell you, you, you kind of over overthought it a little bit because it's pretty simple. But yeah. No, All right. That's no, real good. We don't need to talk about that anymore. I mean, so uh, kind of jumping in the background of our relationship, I think that's always important for the listeners. You know, how do we know yeah. each other? So um, I'd like to hear from your uh kind of your side first and then i'll i'll add in anything that i'm i think you're missing where do we meet you know realistically we we met from um from a study group over at the zook's house and yeah. uh kind of that's really where i first met you um Bible but, study. yeah i mean we we would have probably gone to Northridge around the same time, but then I also left at like the first quarter of eighth grade and went to a private school. And so I don't know if we actually would have met there or not at all ever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, first time I think I actually met you and got introduced was Yeah, Bible study. Bible study. So then we went to the same church for a while i can't I'm, it's been a couple of years i'm bad with the timing um or the time frame dates but um pretty much ever since then we've been around each other we bump into mm -hmm. each other here and there and then um yeah i mean we live close uh hey you're friends with tanner now kind of yeah. sort of right i mean that's yeah, safe absolutely. to say we're friends shout out to tanner Nineheart. if you haven't checked out those episodes go check those episodes yes, out sir. but um yeah stud so um, and then I guess as our relationship has gone on, I've, um, I've noticed you, you are not scared of depth, which is, oh. uh, like I'm intrigued by that. I think deep conversations are, I think that's where it's at. It's really, really hard. Uh, and again, you know, so this happened this episode stemmed from we were at the gym together. That's what happened. Yeah. Not together. I was there. You were there. And then we ended up on the treadmill next to each other and we were talking. And I was yeah. just. I was this, just... this wasn't the original topic you wanted to I know. talk about. Don't spoil the second episode. I'm There's not, another episode in the works. But I went on a rant on the treadmill oh, yeah. and you just listened. And then here we are. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was. Yeah. It was more of. I think I was ranting more about, you know. Why have I been so scared to do this? And then we talked about prayer and, you know, trusting and all that stuff. And yeah. here we are. What else are we missing? I don't know. I think it's kind of time for your background a little bit. You know, what's your story? Where, uh, where'd you grow up and how'd you get here? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I... Before we really start, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. I haven't said that yet, but... I'm the guest today. Bryce is running the computer. He's monitoring all the audio. He's hitting start, stop. So, hey, thanks for having me on the show. You're, you're welcome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is fun. But, you know, I don't know my story. Like, uh, born in Goshen, raised here. There was one point in time where we actually almost moved to Oklahoma, like, when I was in eighth or ninth grade so that's mm -hmm. interesting yeah um we ended up staying here and since then my parents have now moved out towards that area but uh i'm still here got myself settled and my feet under myself and 
Yeah, I got a life going here for myself, so. Yeah, you're working, you're, uh, you're probably more of a homebody, aren't you? Would you consider yourself a homebody? I don't know, like, <laughs> the, the introverted what... extrovert, as you might say, yeah. is like, I enjoy being around people one-on-one -on -one and developing personal relationships with people more than I enjoy being with crowds of people. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just those those quality time moments that you get to interact with somebody. And that's the value of, like, the connection between me and another person for myself is, mm -hmm. is getting that time. So, so uh, again, I already mentioned today's topic's heavy. So your family background, I mean, the topic today we're talking um, – a lot, about a lot of the things in the weeds we're getting uh yeah we're getting in the trenches today with the questions but yeah you know your your family background what it's like growing up uh you know not having a father figure yeah or not i shouldn't say father figure but not having your true father around yeah. um that is what I, I was already taught we were talking off air i didn't realize how common that was um you know, for me, I've always related things in the terms of like, are your parents divorced? Because my parents were divorced. So I could always relate to other people yeah. or, you know, other guys who we were talking about the, uh, I mean, maybe there'll be another episode on being a kid going through uh, divorce and what that's like for kids. But um, I never thought, you know, what is it like simply to just not have one of them around just mm -hmm cuz and i was doing some research online and i mean it's a again one out of four people uh i think the total quantity last year was 18.5 million 18.4 million um in the u.s that's a lot of people yeah that's an incredibly large amount of people i think that's you know one of the things that we deal with nowadays that really hurts for a lot of people, it hurts yeah. a lot. I mean, again, <laughs> it's a heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah. So, um, so when you were growing up, give us kind of take us back to your childhood. True. What, what was life like? What, what were you doing? Where were your parents at? That kind of. Yeah. That time frame, kid. When yeah. you were a kid. Uh, growing up, you know, um, my mom had me pretty young. I don't know if, you know, that's common for everyone, but. Um, you know, she lived with my grandparents for a little while and then we kind of moved in with my one uncle over in the Goshen area and, uh, we lived there for quite a few years until, um, eventually my mom met my stepdad and, uh, in Goshen. Yeah. Gotta love Goshen, man. Gotta love it, man. <laughs> but you know, they got introduced through mutual friends. They started dating um, wasn't long after that that actually she they ended up getting married and uh, he's been in the picture since like 2009 now. yeah so you, 2010-ish do you remember like a time when yeah you would remember a time oh when... yeah like i i do to an extent you know i mean it was a lot of my younger years but at the same time it hmm, at the same time it was those younger years where i just had kind of my uncles as my know male role models in, yeah. in life and 
Were you, um, during your younger years, did you, like, how much did you think about it? Was it something that you, like, was on your mind often? Again, I'm relating this to uh, divorce. Like, I thought about it all the time. Yeah. All the time. I mean, for me, I I don't know if I thought about it a whole lot. I, I definitely, I definitely know I thought about it, like, at school when, you know, kids were talking about yes, their parents and exactly. stuff. It was like, let's just be honest, I was a very emotional child as, yeah. as a younger kid and like it would always just hit something different for me when kids talked about their dad because it's like i couldn't relate and it yep. kind of it just tore me to pieces most and of it would the time. find its way into conversations where you're like there's no way that this uh yeah how, how does this even come up because you probably didn't i mean you probably didn't really want to think about it all the time no i didn't i mean it's like a lot of things for me if i if I don't have it in front of me, I try and like I don't really <laughs> typically think about it. Bury it. Men <laughs> in burying emotion. Yeah, men up and bury it. <laughs> the good old saying as that goes. Out of sight, out of mind, baby. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so when you were a kid, did you ever have like conversations with your mom where you were like, Hey? Yeah. 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 I was like, Hey mom, I you know, I don't understand a little bit. Like I, you know, all these other kids have their dad around like and i'm sure at the time she explained it just fine mm -hmm. to make it make sense as much as it could to a six seven year old kid right my mom loved me or does still like no other person i know mm -hmm. obviously that's a mother's mother's role yeah but <laughs> it it's still difficult to try and explain that to your child for sure. There is, uh, I read Wild at Heart, which is, have you read that by chance? I have that book. I have not yet delved so into that. So if I recall correctly, there's a part in that book where it talks about, um, you know, kids, boys. It's, I think that, that book was strictly for uh, boys, men. Yeah. We're going to be more interested in what our dad's doing than our mom period mm -hmm. we are that that is, there's something like we i mean again like we just typically we want to do guy stuff right and we want to yeah. no matter how like even if our dad does not necessarily care or want us around or whatever you're still going to be drawn there because of uh just being a man yeah i mean it's in the back of your head of like wanting to do things with your dad and like doing those like a lot of hollywood depicts the fatherhood figure like throwing a baseball and yes <laughs> doing all of these other things and it's like yeah you mean you grow up with those kinds of movies in front of you all the time it's like well I, you know i'd like to have that yeah um that was one of the conversations that eventually i had with my mom i was like hey you know i I'd, I'd kind of like to have a, a dad around yeah and i don't know if that's what really made her start looking or not but Maybe she was already always looking anyway, but just hadn't found somebody Sure. at that time. So, so um, at this time, I mean, when you're a kid, so um, I never asked, like, where did your dad go? Do you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was around until I was about three or so. Um, he actually ended up meeting my stepmom, and they moved to South Carolina somewhere. Um, 
were you in contact with your dad when you were growing up then? No. Because, um, I mean, you didn't have a phone. We were kids. I, yeah, I didn't have a phone. Um, there's certain things that I I truly believe my mother protected me from, too. Sure. Um, to an extent, just with all of that. And it's... I don't really know the full story. And I don't really... I don't know if I really care to know. I, I get that. Because <laughs> I... Uh, for myself, I like to give people the chance. I like to give them the opportunity to prove themselves. Mm -hmm. Whether they do or not is up to them. Yeah. You're not going to go seek. Not yeah. typically, no. So, um, did you, did, like, when's the last time you talked to your dad? I'd have to look through my text messages because um, I, I know we've talked via text now that I'm a little older. Every so often, I think it might have been the new year. Mm -hmm. Somewhere Small in talk, though. Yeah, just like Happy New Year kind of thing. And I mean, that's okay for now. Like, I, I do think eventually that I will want to try and find that relationship. But uh, it's taking some time, I guess. I'm trying not to jump ahead to like the I wish I knew portion of this because sure. there's so much here to reflect on. Yeah. Um, but I do have, um, a random thought. Do you think time heals wounds when it comes to, as you've, as you've matured and you've aged, do you feel, uh, like where are you, where are you at now? Sure. Uh, to not jump ahead with you. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so hard. Like, what you were saying. <laughs> I, I believe that time heals wounds if you take the time to actually learn how to deal with those wounds and how to bandage yourself up and how to actually go after the fix for the like for the problem that you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, going back and uprooting some of that kind of dealing with it head on. Yeah, you can't you can't yes. bury it forever. At some point, you're going to have to say, all right, that's enough, and yeah. face it. Uh, I talked about this same topic with uh, Chris Flores mm -hmm. on that episode. We were talking, it's like, you've got a, uh email, and you haven't read any of it. It's your junk file or whatever, you know, or it's just that account that you don't really ever go look on. At some point, you gotta you gotta go back, start opening them and reading through it, or they're it's just gonna sit there and it's gonna wait, and it's gonna wait. It's always gonna be there. It's always gonna be there. So I respect what you're saying, and I would agree. Unless you take action, it's just gonna stay there, no matter what it is. This I think isn't you just... may I think you may find days where you deal with it less, or mm -hmm. you don't think about it as much, but it's it's still gonna be there until you deal with it and until you learn how to. Find find your peace with that scenario. Do you think the mic just picked picked me drinking that water? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't know for sure. I'm so excited to hear how this turns out. I I agree that uprooting. I could not agree more with your your viewpoint on that. Spot on. Um, at this point, I know we're talking a little bit about where you're at now, but what do you think some of the effects? Like, how has that how has that situation grown growing up impacted you 
uh, when you look back where you say, or, or maybe you think it's impacted you or you wonder if it's impacted you? Or have you never thought of this? Or do you want me no, to re-ask the question? That... I've definitely thought some about that, you know. And like, if I had my if i had my biological father in my life from when i was born until now you know what kind of what kind of adult would i be what kind of person in itself would i actually portray you know what would i be going after kind of what would my hobbies be kind of mm -hmm. what would my life look like if i had that and i think it would look very different to to a degree in certain aspects of things how much has your stepdad impacted you or your life a lot yeah no absolutely a lot. huge impact like took that place if you will uh, yeah i mean i still actually like i still call him dad i mean he's he's been there since i was 10 or 11 years old um he forced me to an extent to you kind of man up a little bit and like stop being a sissy if you will about certain things that just always like caught me off guard or like mm -hmm. I let my emotions override a lot of stuff at, at the younger ages of things and just kind of taught me how to let that go and kind of a spiritual leader for the household and he took, like, kind of took you from a boy to a man kind of thing yeah to an extent yeah absolutely and he was there for all of that I mean somebody that I could confide in if I needed to. It's been a while since I've talked to him about anything super deep, but I know I can if I needed to. Mm -hmm. um, and just, I mean, yeah, there's certain, there's certain things that I know would be different for me otherwise. Do you hang out with him and your mom a lot? No, not necessarily. I've, I've kind of, become my own individual adult i guess it's like a, and now that they live like 12 13 hours away yeah it makes it a little more difficult to hang out man I, I never i didn't really realize that you are truly on your own out here you have yeah. your friends i have my friends i have some family still here you do like my okay. my grandma and grandpa and some of my aunts and uncles still live here but would you ever move away yeah sure I've, I've debated you, you, i've debated moving out of state just go do something else yeah uh, it's not like it's a top priority for me but you know i think living in a warmer state would be more fun don't get me going on that <laughs> i know i know um winters are terrible do you feel like you have more uprooting to do with the situation have you gone through that process of have you faced everything that has that you've had to uh you know go through or work through over the years has everything been uprooted or do, are there still conversations to be had at some point well i would say there's probably still some conversations to be had like curiosity some of that is curiosity and some <laughs> of it is like a you know hey for yeah. him to understand where i'm at and you know, for my for, for my for my biological father to understand where I'm at and kind of developing a relationship there, I think there's some conversations that need to be had. That I think I'm I'm getting to a point where I'm going to be ready for that soon, but I don't know if it's now. The um, 
What was the other half of that question? I can't remember. I was so <laughs> I was so focused on listening to what you were saying. I can't remember That's what, what I, I asked. Um, yeah, I think there's some things that oh. still need to be dealt with that won't be dealt with fully until a conversation. The is, operating is was my question. Of, have you yeah. operated at all? Yeah. What so. do you think the time frame is? Do you have a time frame where you just kind of just for now you're just you know you're not ready? I don't think I have a time frame. I don't I don't think that I'm not ready, but for me it just doesn't necessarily feel like the timing is right mm-hmm. yet. I think there's still some things that should fall into place before that happens and I what that is I don't really know. Yeah. But I just have like a a feeling in my spirit that like it's close to being ready um do you have goals for yourself as far as if one day you become a father that specifically stem from your upbringing yeah absolutely um that's, that's kind of nice to hear i feel like a lot of people um you know, I'm not saying everyone else is out there is like, I'm going to be better than they were, you know, or like, you know, making really like aggressive. Sure. Like maybe come more of the uh, like they're bitter. They're just bitter. So they're they're I'm never going to be like blah, 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 you know. Yeah. Well, and I know for myself, there's certain things that I had growing up with a stepfather figure in the house whether or not I call him dad now or not, like there's still things that I saw with, you know, the way that they parented that, uh, you know, I realize now, even though I'm not married or anything like that, it's, it's something that if I were to be married and had kids, I don't think I would do it that way. Kind do of it what way? Oh, just in general, like stuff. Just, yeah, yeah. certain things that, that happened or that they did and like, it brings somebody that didn't have certain things to a consciousness of how it affected you if you let it like if you let it if you if you think about it and you're you're good enough to not let that kind of destroy you in a way like figuring out yeah you know, I, I figuring out like well with them parenting in this way it caused me to feel or think or do these things you know um i'm a i'm a believer in this maybe i hope this comes off right i hope i make sense here um you know for me when i look back at my parents one thing that i've you know nobody wants to uh no parent wants to get divorced and no kid wants to be part of a divorce but i do think that i think they did their best job and i think they truly did what they thought was right at the time and do do people look back and you know say hey maybe i could have done better yeah but it's hard to realize that in in those moments that they're doing what they think's right and they're doing they're doing the best that they can i i think most people are i don't i don't know i guess what i'm trying to say is i don't think you don't think most parents are out like, hey, I'm going to do this because... I want to wreck this kid. Yeah. No. They're trying... Like, they really are trying. Are they there care. those parents out there that... Yeah, I'm sure. But I think most are 
trying. I also think that my viewpoint on the decisions that parents make is going to change dramatically when I become a parent. Mm -hmm. So I've thought about that a lot where you look at stuff and you're like, well, why are they? Why well, you know they what? do that that way? Maybe, maybe I should acknowledge the fact that I'm not a parent and I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. even begin to compare. We're, we're typically real. I can be really quick to judge. Um, so, uh, what advice would you give specific? This is now kind of onto the "I wish I knew" moment. Um, we'll start broad, but right off the bat, when you look back on your childhood and growing up, and uh, specifically that situation. What are the I wish I knew moments now in life? What you, again, you're you're older, you've matured, you've had time to think about it, you've uprooted some stuff, you have other stuff. What what advice would you give your 10-year-old self or your 15-year-old self, maybe even your last year self? I'll be quiet. <laughs> I, I I just asked like eight questions and then it's just me going on and on. That's all good. Yeah, I mean, You're like, where do I start? Advice, advice for myself. I mean, when I was you know ten years older, younger at you know thirteen, fourteen. I don't know. I mean, at that point, I don't know if I had dealt with a whole lot of stuff. I don't know if I was really even ready to deal with a whole lot of it at that point. Mm -hmm. um, Just kind of weathering the storm at that point. I mean, yeah, and at, at that point, like we had covered earlier, like it, out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to think about it. Right. And like even five years back now, you know, 18 year old me or nah, no <laughs> I am not that young mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, like five years ago you know um, still on a journey of really kind of figuring out some of my own like being an adult for sure and just like I don't know a lot of people like to say the Kind of the normal saying of don't let other people's opinions affect you so much. And yes, that's true. And I, I think I still dealt with that stuff to a certain extent. And especially sometimes too when it came with uh, the father figure stuff. Yeah. And like just not being afraid of what my past is because it's the past. Doesn't mean it has to be the future. Did you ever... I think most people uh, do this re like regardless of what it is, but you're like, oh my goodness, I'm, uh, well, maybe this isn't, maybe I'm the only guy that does this. I don't know. But sometimes I'll do something and Jessica, my sister will be like, she'll call me by my dad's name. She'll say, okay, Roger. And I'm like, hey. Did I really just look like dad when I was doing that? Or did I just, you know, did I really just act like dad? And she's like, mirror image. And I'm like, and then sometimes I'm like, man, I don't want to be like dad. Like with some stuff yeah. and other stuff, I'm, you know, it depends on what it is. It can be a compliment, but some stuff you're like, hey, I don't, 
I don't want to, I don't want to be like that. Not because, not because it's bad, but just because it's not like, it's not who you, it's not who I am. It's not or who at you least want it's to not, be. Yeah. It's not how, like, I, it's not how I picture myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> so do you got like, I guess, I don't know how, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. There's, like the fear of being like your parents. To an extent. Yes. Yeah, some of that. Cause I don't want for my, like for my family or my kids to have any of the kind of stuff to deal with that I did growing up without a father in the house for multiple years up until you're almost a teenager. You know uh, what's interesting though? Is there's no such thing as a perfect family. So pick your poison. If it's not that, it's going to be something else. And homes that appear to be just minty fresh and you give me the most perfect family, there's something going on. It could just be as simple as trauma. I don't care what it is. There's there's something behind the closed doors. Yes, and every parent is going to fall short in some category. So don't try to fool me. Don't try to fool me with that social media post with that happy... There's always going to be family drama. There's always going... Like, I'm just not... I've seen the most, like, what you would think, like, perfect families ever get worked up about some petty petty stuff mm. you know what i don't even know why we're talking about this now i'm just how do we even get here <laughs> it's all good I really mean, back it's in. part of it's really part of the family in. culture to an extent you know i mean that's yeah i think a lot of the times we as we as like maturing adults or you know early 20s mid 20s you know if you're not married already um and, and your thoughts are towards that. Your your thoughts are a lot of the time, I think, like, I am not going to be <laughs> what my parents were. And that just, yeah, you're, you're going to try to not be. And then you're going to end up either, A, doing some of the things that they did. And you're going to realize that, oh, okay, well, that isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. Some of it is definitely things that you should not do. You know, certain parenting things are, could be changed. But, yeah. Like you said, nobody's perfect. I mean, pick your poison. You're gonna, gonna fail at something. You're gonna have to, you know, teach your kids to forgive just as much as anybody else. Do you think there's? Do you have siblings? Yeah. So um, my dad and stepmom. They have the my my stepsister and my stepbrother, and then my half sister, which. I would just call those my family still. Yeah. Um, I can tell you just love your people. Like, you're not big. You don't care about the title. I don't. Yeah. I, I really don't. Like. It's your family. Family's family. I don't care if you're related by marriage. I don't care if you're related by blood or half blood. I mean. Are we family? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't even matter if it's. I, I respect you for that. That's cool that you but, just love uh, your people like that. I mean. That's just something that, like, okay, going down a kind of rabbit trail. Let's go. But if if God loves everyone the same, why should I not do the same? You got me beat. I mean, and there's still some people I get annoyed with. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but then again, don't you ever get annoyed with family? Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean. Hey, sometimes I'm annoying. I, I have yet to experience that with you, but anyway. Oh, stop. 
anyway uh, we just haven't hung out yet enough <laughs> yeah, it's good to say i can be really annoying that's another rabbit trail i mean i try and exemplify the image of the love of jesus as much as i can some days i fall short some days i don't as much i think you do a great job do you do you have any i wish i knew moments from when uh like when you were a kid going through that could you have done anything different in moments maybe when you were around your uh mom or stepdad that uh were you ever not supportive were you ever like were you ever bitter or were you ever angry little little lad or were you always more like i'm just gonna be i'm just gonna bury this and i'm gonna be quiet and i'm not gonna talk about it and i'm going to my room i think i found so um i'm getting the I, finger point I, I, for the think, listeners like we got a finger point going on there's a thought coming <laughs> i think i found a lot of solitude for myself like a safe space almost mm-hmm. to be in my room by myself as as much as i love my stepdad there was still a lot of the time where it it developed kind of a perfectionist side of me mm. because a lot of the time and this is not on him because like at the same time he grew up in that kind of a household that's all he knew yep kind of like kind of a thing old dog new trick and and so like a lot of tough love a lot of it and just like there was a lot of the time where i didn't feel like i was doing a good enough job ever because it was a lot of well you could have done this better you could have done that better and there was sometimes the you know hey you did that really well like thank you or or something like that or there's i think i recall two times where i heard him say that he was proud of something that i had done or who i was or or that thing and so that kind of creates that kind of environment where you end up becoming kind of a perfectionist or you really want to excel and do well and you i'm not saying being a perfectionist is always bad because you should want to do good at everything you do like you should want to excel at the things you're learning at that's part of human nature but i think giving yourself some grace and some ability for movement in that area that you're learning is good too okay i'm just i'm just waiting for you to keep going like that that's so, so good because of that i've had to like learn that even if i fail it's not the end it's just another starting point to pick myself back up and just start running again i i get that the perfectionist side of things you know for me there's things that i really want to do to like yeah. like you know dad like look at this look at look at what i did yeah. that's the stuff i always mess up like <laughs> it, it, it is murphy's law if i'm trying to if you're trying to impress yeah you know and like here's some stuff that comes to mind like if i'm if i'm working with him uh and we're just doing some manual labor like just <clears throat> like we're being guys and um i'll get this wild idea where i'm like well maybe i can maybe i can carry more then like you know, like like we're just that kind of small little, yeah like i'm gonna do that or or you're like oh this is this is one like anytime it comes to uh anything related to his truck hmm. 
and I'm like, I could just back this thing up real quick and it would be out of the way. And, and, but then like, that's when you rip the mirror off on the garage or something, you know, like I'm just making that up. But, um, that is that perfectionist. You just, you want, you want to do so good. That's It's just the harder. Sometimes it feels like the harder I try to impress him. The bigger mistake I make. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I really I I told you that I thought some of this stuff was really gonna make me think and it was gonna be weird probably how it was relatable. Mm-hmm. How do you think you teach a kid to show himself some grace when they're when you're I don't know how you were when, when you were that age. I was so stubborn. Mm-hmm. How do you go back and show show your I I make any uh, progress with with that. Hey, it's okay. I th- you did good. I think it's I think it's having a like a really good balance of telling your telling your children when you are trying to get a point across or trying to you're trying to show them that it is okay. Like telling them, hey. You know, hey, this this happened. Like this stuff is where, you know, some things fell off. These are some things that you did really good within that. Here is, like, giving a compliment as well as, you know, if they're open to it, I guess, a constructive criticism mm-hmm. of like, and doing that out of a, a love for the the child, not just, mm-hmm. just because, I guess. And I think that parents do typically give constructive criticism out of love at a younger age. We just don't see it that way. Uh, back to the healing process. I keep thinking about the healing process yeah. or uprooting. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever uprooted something and then you try to put it back, but then it's too late? Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, like you think, all right, I'm ready to, I'm ready to confront this, and all right, I'll deal with my emotions and my feelings, and da 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 da, da. and then you start to go down that path, and you're like, put it in reverse, back it up, I'm not ready to do this. Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt that way with stuff related to that? Yeah, sometimes. Have you ever gotten curious and wish you didn't get curious? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. There's been times where I've asked a question or two, and I'm like, "Oh, that's the answer." Okay, I wish I didn't ask. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why did I want to know that? Because now I know it. Now I know it. Thanks. Can't go back to not knowing yeah. it. Thanks. And you know, some of those questions are like, "Now my life isn't any better knowing it." So, what did I think I was? What, what was I going to gain here? I want to read off some very interesting statistics. Uh, this is from the uh, www.fatherhood.org. I don't know if it's an accurate website or not, so don't hold me to this stuff. Okay. Maybe it'll prompt a thought. So uh, research shows when a child is raised in a father-absent home, they are affected in the following ways. And again, this is 18.4 million people, million children, mind you, which I'm, I don't know, is that 17 and younger? is considered a child. Um, 
are affected in the following ways. They have a four times greater risk for poverty. Uh, they are more likely to have behavioral problems. They have a two times greater risk of infant mortality. I don't know if I've ever thought of that. Hmm. Or would have ever even... Not something that typically would come to mind for me. They are more likely to go to prison. They are more likely to commit crime. You know, and I just want to point something. I'm halfway through the list. Just because one out of four people fall into this does not mean, like, that's one out of four. There's three out of four huge success stories, right? Mm -hmm. And I think um, something I want to come back to is how you could, like, you. I'm just assuming, you could very easily tell yourself, uh, well, since I didn't have a, since my real dad wasn't around, mm -hmm. boy, and you could you could go down this path of like a pity pity me kinda, the victim you're, card you're playing a victim, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, spoiler alert, you're not. You're like you're owning your life, and you're you're on a great path. Uh, you surround yourself with great people. It's not a shout out to me. Um, <laughs> You, I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm reading this, but the flip side of this is there's a lot of men that have not, uh, they have not let that, like, I don't know. They don't let it become their hand. Yeah. yeah. They, didn't, they didn't let it become their story of like, all right, well, okay, guess the rest of can't do anything because. Yeah, I think like. And I think that's where I was going until my stepdad showed up because like, I was always playing the card of like, oh, my dad's not around. I don't. See, I never would have guessed that because like you got ever since I've known you, you've always been a stud. So appreciate it. Um, no, I mean, I dealt with like some anger issues as a kid, like totally you ever punch a wall. I didn't, put, well, I mean, not that I punched through the wall, but I did hit a wall once or twice. You hit the stud? <laughs> yeah. Broke your hand? No. Um, I, I, like, I went to, like, I went to therapy classes. Yeah. And talked with a therapist for one or two summers at least. Yeah. Um, Was it like a once a month, every other? Uh, I think like once a month, probably. Yeah. Something like that. Angers. Was it specifically for the anger? Yeah. Anger and like. How old were you? I would have I would have been in like probably the third or fourth grade maybe. Anger's crazy and when you're mm -hmm. acting out of anger, oh boy. Yeah. I don't know if anything ever I don't know if anything good ever comes of anger. Not typically. There's not. definitely better ways to uh get rid of that anger. Hit the gym. Get in the gym. Yeah. That's why you've been pounding some heavy iron lately you must be mad about something no i'm not mad i just want to be in better shape we'll talk about the gym in a second yeah uh this one doesn't apply to you but they're seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen well <laughs> this is for uh obviously boys and girls or men or yeah men and women uh they are more likely to face abuse and neglect they are more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol they are two times more likely to suffer from obesity. 
and they are two times more likely to drop out of school. Again, this is from the www.fatherhood.org uh, website and this was in 2022 and that was uh, specifically the father absence crisis in America it's a little uh, like poster board chart kind of thing the next slides uh, kind of the flip side it's the strengths of having uh, a father presence and the way that I'm reading this is maybe this is isn't maybe I shouldn't do this but I don't necessarily know if it has to be biological father kind of like what you're talking about if someone steps in and plays that role yeah I think that there's a lot of men out there that have stepped in and they're not technically biological and they're doing an amazing job yeah there are absolutely and I think I, I think still my stepdad did a, a good job of making sure that I understood a lot of things he stepped up. He stepped up. Yeah. Um, so children with involved fathers have a strong foundation for child well-being. Uh, they are at a lower risk for a host of poor childhood outcomes. Um, uh, if a father is present, their emotional and behavioral problems will be less. It's pretty much the opposite of what we just read, actually. Hmm. The only thing that I'll add is at the end, um, there's a, uh, if a child, if a, if a father is present, there is a lower risk for thoughts of suicide. Mm. And again, I'm just assuming this is from 17 under, I think everybody that went through anything like challenging like that as a kid growing up, I think you think about suicide. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I did, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's a real thing. It's very real. Um, <laughs> I mean, even as a third grader, I... We could talk about suicide for, like, that... I mean, I want to hear everything you have to say about it, but suicide no. is very... It's very real, and it's... I mean, it's... Something that should be, you know, talked about. If you're thinking of a, about doing that... I, I just please don't please reach no, out absolutely to someone. please don't like for real but I mean yeah it was it was the thoughts that came through my brain and especially at a younger age where you don't have that father figure yeah the the also reoccurring thought that comes with contemplating suicide is that well they don't love me yeah the, if they love me they'd be here yeah yep well Again, I think it's, uh, I bet you there's even people that are older that still, until you uproot it and you say, hey, my father wasn't around, mm -hmm. or my biological father wasn't around, if it's still eating you up, unless you uproot it, it's going to haunt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you should take it to God. Absolutely. One more slide that I think is interesting, and this is how a father... We can come back to suicide, by the way, if you oh, want. No, you're good. <laughs> you're like, nah, I don't want to talk anymore. Um, this is how uh, having good dads is healthy for moms. Never really thought about this either. I think it's very, you know, it's a it's just, just kind of interesting stuff. Um, so mothers 
reap a host of benefits when fathers are involved during pregnancy and in raising their children. Mm -hmm. uh, they're more likely to receive parental care. Uh, they, this is moms, by the way. So moms are more likely to receive parental care. Moms are less likely to smoke during pregnancy. They're more likely to have a healthier, uh, a healthy birth. They have a lower risk of postpartum stress. Do you know what that means? Should like I know? After birth stress. This is getting into some big words, bro. Yeah. I, I should know that. Um, oh, I know this. Low Lower risk of postpartum depression. You know why I know that? I, I read that online somewhere. I didn't realize that was a thing. No, I didn't read that online somewhere. I was listening to another podcast. They were talking about dopamine mm. and how... The high of giving birth after that, your uh, body can feel like the cra the lack of dopamine. It's a real thing. You go, you can feel depressed. Mm. Weird that I'm reading that. I yeah, just listened. The mother's body has to repair itself, and I think that in doing so, if I'm not mistaken, like other hormones are not as present as the ones that are taking care of the healing process. You're in the trench. Mm -hmm. Uh. Moms will have a lower parenting stress. They got their partner in crime, right? Mm -hmm. More leisure time. Go hang out with dad. <laughs> Kids yeah. go hang out with dad. And a higher marital satisfaction. It's mm -hmm. interesting how, um, you know, your dad's relationship with your mom can, it affects your relationship with your mom. Like, mm -hmm. And again, like this stuff is just uh, so fascinating. We, I, I don't know who I was telling this to, but we have a bigger impact on those we're around than we realized. Yeah. Especially in relationships where you're around someone that much, you're going to impact them. Mm -hmm. yeah, you're around your buddies, you start kind of talking like your buddies or, yeah. you know, like you pick up lingo or you... Uh, you, you ultimately become the the most similar to the five people you hang around the most. I'm still curious if that mic is picking up on me slurping that water down. We'll find out. We might have to make some tweaks for the next episode. You're going to call me up, hey, dude, I need you to come back. Yeah. They could hear me slurp the water. It's Where not you, working. What were you going to say? No, I mean, like, that's why it's important to surround yourself with good people. Like... There's been multiple times that somebody who was in the wrong crowd started associating with different people that were in a better crowd of people to be around. And instantly, like, they started to see their life change. For the better, of course. But it's all in your association. Your association causes you to believe a certain way about yourself mm -hmm. and you see Perception. yourself succeeding when you have other people who succeed around you is is really really cool what the brain does for you when you put yourself in the right position with people around you i kind of want to compare our therapy session or sessions if we can so i had to go to therapy too when my parents got divorced yeah um i cannot remember how old i was i think i was a little bit older than you were but what do you remember like what's your what was therapy like for you where'd you so, go <laughs> uh there's like a local therapy office i guess in goshen it's where we went 
and like did you have to go as a whole group no 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 no. it was just like i would go alone and sit with the therapist or like so my therapy was probably a little different because i was younger and so like <laughs> there were times where i would sit in the therapist's office and talk but like like it, you had to go downstairs into the basement of this place and mm. like there was an office room and then across the hallway was like a room with toys and stuff to play with ouija boards yeah no <laughs> none of that but <laughs> oh man i'm I sorry certainly i hope, certainly hope not <laughs> Paint the picture of this therapy session. This, ther this therapist just ominously leans over her desk. And, <laughs> no, but like you talk a little bit or something. And then I think I remember just I would go over and play and she would talk with me a little bit and just kind of. I don't know, I guess like as a kid, if you're occupied with playing with a toy, it is easier to just talk, talk about your stuff. Do you think it helped? Refor did you get it did you get a choice or reforced? I don't really think I got a choice, but I was also so young I don't think I should have even had a choice. I didn't get a choice. It was it was we're going. But I I like I don't really for me it was so young that I don't really remember a lot of what like I don't remember what we really talked about. Oh, okay. I remember the scene of like a couple scene scene pictures here and there. Like me playing with like a Nerf gun or something, and like there was a whiteboard. Shooting in your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking place of somebody else right now. No. <laughs> but now you're in therapy. You're, you gotta go to a different therapist for shooting therapist your therapist that. with a Nerf gun. Oh, man, dang it. Do you think? Uh, uh, do you know if your parents went to therapy too? Did they get? Did they? seek help in that manner or therapy is becoming um there's a lot of people utilizing therapy to uh you know help better themselves mm -hmm. and i cannot remember the uh there's some websites that have there's some online resources that have really become popular with uh people i think better help better help mm -hmm. is an option there's an there's another ad i hear often on uh some podcasters that i listen to and uh you know they don't talk about it for long but they talk about it long enough that um it brings attention for anything but i've just always i always wondered if people have had good success with therapy or not personal yeah. therapy like for me personally just to cover that briefly is like i i don't remember a whole lot about it and maybe it did help maybe it didn't i don't really know i mean I was I tell. was dealing with the doctor diagnosed ADHD and all this other junk too, so it's like I don't know. Like I fully believe that you can, you know, you can learn to overcome some of that stuff. It, what? Oh, wait, what stuff? Like you can overcome obviously the issues with whatever you're dealing with there, and like the family aspect, but like also just. Like learning how to, I guess maybe that's not overcoming it, but learning how to deal with the ADHD side of things and like how your brain works, kind of. I think, I mean, I have a hard time focusing. Yeah. I, I mean, probably, I think that's part of it. I could of probably the... be diagnosed with it, but I mean, at the same time, I feel like a lot of it's just on me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a decision to kind of make your brain focus to an extent. Like you have to focus on making your brain focus. 
Yeah. Like some, like right now, I'm kind of right now. I'm kind of thinking about the the fan on the laptop. It's making a little noise, and I can also see the trees outside, and they're kind of blowing around. And but I got to stay focused on this conversation. Maybe I don't know what ADHD means. I I I don't I don't think that's wrong. Um. So, what other uh? I think we've covered. I mean, this has been fantastic. By the way, this is like a super deep dive, and I've been uh, intrigued this whole time. I've mm-hmm. learned stuff, and you know, I have one more. I have probably ten more thoughts, but mm-hmm. um, you know, something that I've I've kind of been thinking about more lately is, you know, when when someone doesn't have a um, a father present and they don't uproot it, and they age. And maybe they're 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years old, maybe even just 30. I don't know, but they're older. That bitterness, depending on how much that, you know, why are you smiling? I'm just listening. I mean, I'm just thinking about your question. If you, uh, I'm like, you know, something I don't know. If you, if you let that run, like, let's be hypothetical. If you decided to not work through it, process it, talk about it, all that stuff, and you were just super duper bitter, there's no way that you'd be, you know, as successful in life as you are right now. So, yeah. But I think I've realized, um, you know, I don't want to say, like, I don't know why I just thought of daddy issues. That's not what I'm. That's not where I'm going with that. But I think I would love to. I'd love to have the, this conversation with a girl that grew up without a father, you know, a biological father. And I'd also like to flip it with a uh, someone that grew up without a mother. Hmm. Both boy and a girl, because I think all four of those points of views are going to be super duper interesting but where i was trying to go adhd where i was trying to go is i think the hurt of not having a parent around is more common and brought into more people's lives than i realized because as i've been you know leading up to this conversation as i've been talking to you um you know because we didn't just we didn't just do all this in one day i think that's important to know like i thought about yeah. this for a while um, there's some serious hurt. Oh yeah, that uh gets brought up for I think long, long periods of times. I have a theory. I don't know if this is accurate. This is just that's why it's a theory, right? Sure. Um, if somebody is, if somebody has not uprooted hurt, let's just say from not having dad around. And then they're forced to go to therapy and they don't enjoy the therapy. Therapy doesn't go good, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody else in life tries to talk to them on a deeper level and it takes them back to that therapy session. I think that's why they can have such a horrible response to a conversation that has that tone. Are you tracking what I'm saying? Am no, I yeah, making no, absolutely. Like, sense? It takes you back to a spot that you 
yep. internally despise you don't like it it makes you very uncomfortable it's something that so if you haven't dealt with it it's going to bring out all of that emotion at once and probably laying it right onto that conversation you're having with that person um but it can you it can be that that person could take that out on you mm-hmm. even though what you're trying to say isn't necessarily uh bad it might be a deep conversation it might be a challenging conversation it yeah. doesn't mean it's bad but they could have a bad tone and again i'm just saying from like the realizing now how many people didn't have mom or dad around mm-hmm. growing up and how much that truly can affect somebody that's just I think it's something that I want to be more aware of. Yeah. So another thing too, or a couple of things with that, you know, going with that is the bitterness side of things. One of the things I heard when I was in my my teenage years was like holding on to bitterness and, and not letting any of that go. It doesn't do any good for one. It doesn't help you. You definitely didn't feel good. I find it difficult to hold on to very much of anything against somebody at all. Like you're very forgiving. I guess. Like I just don't like holding on to stuff. It's just just baggage that I don't want to carry. And so, it might take me a little while. And were you always like that? I don't really know that I was. Like, but I think by the time I hit like fifteen or so, it was kind of where that started. But, like, if there's been studies that have shown carrying the bitterness and carrying the, like, carrying that mindset of, like, I am, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you more than you hurt me. Kind Ooh. of revenge kind of a thing. Ooh, I love that you brought Ooh. that up. Carrying that around can literally, like, it builds toxins up in your body that eventually can kill you if you let it fester long enough. Like... If it's if it's a deep enough hurt and it is something that you don't deal with and it's like bad enough, it it can and has killed people. Just from the toxins, that's, that's it, it, it builds up toxins. Crazy amount of revenge that wants to be had. It has to be, yeah. And I just I don't know. I'm not a very revengeful person, I guess. Have you ever? Have you ever? I mean, I know this answer, but have you ever tried to get revenge? <laughs> It never works. Many, many amounts. <laughs> many, tiny. Not really on anything. More petty. Petty stuff. I always, I, like, I don't scare people. Or I try not to scare people. Because I don't want them to scare me back. That kind of, oh, I don't want to play games like that. I don't want, I don't want to be out for rent, revenge or gotcha. have someone else out for revenge for me either. Man, this has been a refreshing conversation. Do you feel like you've covered everything that you that was on your heart coming into this as far as again, I mean the point is Well no, not entirely because we haven't covered some of what we talked on the treadmill about. But what were you saying? Well, it's, I probably can't remember what we were talking about on the treadmill. I was probably gonna faint because the, okay, the incline was too high and the speed was too quick. <laughs> I was I was working. You were running up an entire hill, my guy. Dude, let's just talk about the gym for one second. Because yeah. um that is such a great place to work through stuff like this. Again, I feel like I need to start talking about, you know, 
to people about uprooting stuff in life that's hurt them or, or that they're carrying because the gym and physical activity um is so healthy it, it the, helps the, so much the breakdown of your muscle actually releases it, it releases chemicals into the body that what is it like it, it brings about euphoria antidepressants it's literally it develops like it it creates antidepressants that's why going to the gym feels so good when you're done mm -hmm. because it caused you to your body to develop a natural antidepressant helps you sleep too yeah it wears you out a little bit and gives your muscle something to it pushes your body to want to go to sleep to repair itself too and you're just about you're just around a bunch of dogs just a bunch of guys that are just lifting yeah, weights a bunch of the hoo -hoo dude there there's lightweight. some guys in there that are just rowdy they're yeah there's some good dudes in there so what did we talk about on the treadmill that i'm not remembering so talking about treadmill experience that we had discussed a little bit like learning to let that go freeze you as a person mm, yeah 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 okay okay learning learning to do some of that uprooting that you were talking about and learning to whether or not you have to do it multiple times if the thought comes to your brain and it still has some sort of yeah. negative impact on you yep. it's something you need to for me personally because i know not everybody believes the same but for me with my relationship with with you know christ and with with yahweh i will call him yahweh but um other people would call him god but it's the same thing you know as there's a freedom that you will find in letting it go because it's not on you it's on the other person they're the ones who did that to you you don't have to let what they did affect you i i don't know i don't like i want to live my life without the baggage of other people and like how how old were you when you i mean when at what point did you say all right so i mean this is again just timeline so dad's not around you're struggling with a little bit anger therapy da, 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 da. at what point were you at what point did that mentality come into your life where you're like i all right okay dad my biological dad wasn't around he's not around mm -hmm. right now uh that's fine I'm gonna get after life and I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun and I'm gonna do this the best way that I know how to. Right. When did that when did that like positivity creep in? Well, I think that really all started when I was like 15, 16. Because I knew that I wasn't supposed to carry that bitterness with me. It's something that I felt like I had to let go of. And, you know, 15, 16 year old me said, Okay, Dad, I forgive you for not being around. I forgive you for all of the years that I felt like I missed out on things, mm -hmm. um, I, I forgive it. I forgive you of that. Did you tell him you forgives him? No, forgives him? I have not. Not entirely physically done that yet, but I I forgave him in my own heart because if somebody doesn't know they've offended you, I don't think that they know they've offended you. I mean, they don't know that they've offended you. They yeah, maybe they don't even know that you want to forgive them. <laughs> yeah because in their maybe in their mind it like sometimes like i wonder stuff that i want to apologize for 
Like sometimes I'm like, I I don't even know if they think about it. Yeah. Like you'll you'll walk up to somebody and be like, hey man, you know this scenario kind of hurt me a little bit, and I I'm choosing to forgive you of that for myself. Whether you accept that or not is up to you. And they're like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Or like, and that happens sometimes. Like where they're completely Oblivious. unconscious to it. Yeah. That's good. But like, so choosing not to carry that around, and it took a couple years of me, you know, every time that came up, I was like, no, I forgive you. I forgive you. To where, now I'm able to talk about it. Like, I still get emotional about the fact of some of that stuff, but it's a different emotion. Do you think, um, all right, what else? I have a thought. I have some questions about the future, but do you have anything else related? Anything else that we talked about on the treadmill? No, I think that was it. Just making sure that you're you're not holding on to it, and you're you're finding a way to let it go, to to not hold on to it. How much thought have you given to the future phases of your life or experiences to come? Have you started to work through? the thought of having a family and a potential kid not having grandpa, if you will, or biological grandpa or having to educate, you know, hey, this is this is dad, but your your biological dad is here, like that kind of stuff. Have you have you or did I just give you a new nightmare to think about as, as far as have you thought that far ahead? And then and then maybe even um you know, do you ever get uh, stressed out with, like, if you got married and you had a wedding? Do you ever get, do you ever, have you ever given any thought to what that would be like? Like, would you want your dad there? Would you, uh, would you be nervous about how, like, your uncle's stepdad and biological dad would be around each other? Does that kind of stuff stress you out or freak you out? So, yeah, that's, you a, that's a great question. <laughs> and it does unpack some of a box that I haven't ever actually thought about or didn't really think was there. Like, Sorry. It's okay. Like, that, and that's completely fine because it's a box that I'm okay with unboxing. Um, the So, first question was... If, <laughs> I know. I got to slow down a little bit. If I have a family of my own... Um, you know, not having grandpa around. I, so going back to timeline stuff, I think that by then I will have developed some relationship with my biological father to where my children will have the option of, you know, both stepdad and biological dad taking on a grandparent-like role. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I had mentioned before, stepdad is still dad. Biological dad is still my dad, but I don't talk with biological father as much as I do my stepfather. So that relationship yeah. still needs to be developed. Um, but I, I think ideally my my children would have the option of having both of those amazing people that, you know, the one literally gave me life and the other one literally brought life into me more in the middle of my age. And so... I think they'll have the option of both. The yeah, as, and then then the the second question there was the 
the wedding side of things. Um, Do you want to get married one day? <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be, it would be something that I would look forward to. I'd say, um, when that is, I have no idea. Really, at this point, like it doesn't bother me that it hasn't happened yet. There's, I mean, I like I think about the fact that I haven't been like I'm not, I'm not married yet, but it's not like it's a overwhelming kind of I feel impending doom because I'm 24 and all my other friends are married now. It's like, hey, dude, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. I, I'm I know. I'm a friend. I know. I'm not married. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not something that I find is when it's the right time it'll happen. But well, if... and I'm not saying that I don't keep my eyes open to the option that. God may put somebody in front of me that is intended to be my wife at any point in time, but it's not the overwhelming thought for my brain. And even and even then, when I do get married, you know, it's my biological dad will have an invite, whether he decides to show up or not is on him. So will my stepdad. I'm not going to withhold that opportunity for them to both be there. Like, I think that's... If, I think uh I think if you keep working out like you you are your wedding's probably going to happen sooner than you think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool that you're yeah. uh you're super open-minded to uh like you're kind of it's just very apparent that you have you don't have bitterness and you're right. you're also not trying to go a million miles an hour with rebuilding a relationship but you're it's like hey balls in your court i'm here mm. if you want to have a relationship and yeah i think that's pretty cool because most I, people i think most i don't know i shouldn't even say that but i bet you a lot of people would be a lot more nervous about that situation than than you are i would Maybe. be more nervous at this point in time about stepdad trying to fight my biological dad not not literally but <laughs> but just like i would be more more nervous about him having some sort of contempt over my biological dad that i no longer carry you're trying to get married and they're out there and they're... <laughs> just, just out there slugging away. <laughs> hey, we're trying we're trying to get married here. Trying to get married here. Shut up and sit down. Yeah. Oh, I I um and you feel, then you kind of feel like you want to coach him, right? Like, hey, look. Hey, listen. <laughs> look, I know I know this happened and I know that happened and I would like you to take the higher road and we're not going to we're not going to make this a big deal, right? Like, it's right. what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, what was that part of that phrase that you had earlier there just a little bit ago? Um, the slugging part? And then and then, and then, then we started slugging. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, shoot. It's the ADHD that just, you forget it in an instant as quickly as you thought of it. It's gone. Um, what, what were we talking about? What what phrase? What part of when I said what? Just if you can just tell me what I said, then I'll tell you what I said. <laughs> yeah, if I can tell you what you said, you'll yeah. tell me what I what I told you. You said, um, man, you want to coach? I think that that would like oh the ball being in his court. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, like I still feel like I recognize that. Some of 
some of the relationship, you know, per respective ball game that is going back and forth between me and my biological dad, I think I still recognize that some of some of that that um, some of that game that ball is still in my court. Oh yeah, but you're like but you're not. He you... my my biological dad has made it a uh, a statement already back when you know the first time I saw him uh, since he had left like in person I I knew who he was I knew what he looked like but I had not actually physically ever seen him since I was three until I was seventeen when his when his dad died on on his side of the family your grandpa my grandpa on his side of the family. And I saw Holy him at the funeral. smokes. So, he came over and sat down, and... And you started and, slugging. And I started slugging away. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I just... It's just the term. a slow bitch. Like, now you got me thinking about just getting in a fight. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was the funeral, and... Yeah, he came he just down, and started he started swinging at my dad. My right know. hook came out of nowhere. He didn't even see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I, I just got a quick. I was gonna say we buried him that day too. <laughs> like, you, hit, you hit him so hard. Sorry. There's oh, two shoot. funerals that day. That's horrible. Uh, I shouldn't make jokes like that. No, but I mean, he came over and sat down, and we talked a little bit. Like he made sure that, like, he introduced himself, said, you know, hey, like, do you know who I am? And like. Yes, I I know who you are, and he's like, okay, I just wanted to come over, say hi, and yep. like introduce myself for sure, and he uh, he gave me his phone number. Now, I mean, at the time, I was still dealing with some things, and so like at the time, I kind of did that like a little bit of revenge kind of thing. Like he gave me his phone number, and I made sure that he watched me put it in my phone. And I put in his first name. I didn't even put it in his dad. I put right. in his first name. And like, I, I think he understood kind of, I was still dealing with some things at that time. Because it's the first time I've met the dude since I was three. Yeah, and you probably have a lot of anger. At, at that point, I was a little bit upset that he actually even came over. Because I was like, if you're not going to talk to me for... Don't come try to talk to me now. 14 years, like, why are you talking to me now? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I had to get over that, but the the thing that he said was, and that I still remember, is that whenever you're ready to talk, you have my phone number, the door is open. So he opened that door, and we've talked back and forth here and there, some via text, but not on the phone. And he said, you know, if, if you have questions, I understand. I am more than more than willing to answer them for you. So he definitely was a bigger man that day for sure. So it'd be, um, you know, and this is like a whole nother topic, but it it'd be interesting to hear what points of view would be like from, uh, not necessarily like your dad's, but dads in general that hmm. for whatever reason had a son or a daughter and then moved and then 
starting that process of healing with their child because I don't mean I don't know I'm just gonna make an assumption I bet you there's a lot of really hard things that he's had like dads in that situation oh, yeah. that they have to work through that mm-hmm. um probably at that point like at that age you know you're kind of left on your own like no one's gonna come save you and if you need help you're gonna have to go seek that help yourself uh, as far as working through that, right? Like, for as, you, like as far as a dad's age. Yeah, like you can't force a thirty year. Maybe you can. Can you force a thirty year old go go to therapy? I don't know. Court ordered, I guess. Okay. <laughs> That's about it. But like, you know what I mean? Like, if he's suffering or if he's struggling yeah. with working through that side of it, may I mean, he was like, man, I wish I, I wish I was there. I wish I, I wish I helped raise. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I bet you there's really interesting. I, I can tell you this much. I'm I'm sure there is a very, like, a, a very different point of view for him on what it was like to be away for that long and and why and as far as you know what caused him to do that and and everything. I'm sure there is you know there are reasons for it, but so far I haven't asked. I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have so many thoughts. I could keep going and going. Well, um, this has been great. Yeah. I think it's been, uh, I'm thankful for it because I'm thankful for this conversation because one, it, it's brought me out of my comfort zone. Um, and it's really, forced me to think a little bit more about uh empathy mm-hmm. because stuff like this can really hurt people and yeah it can now i mean again like we've said this 10 times but you've you've really owned up to your life and you you've like you're not playing the victim card and you're not you're not no looking for a handout or you're you're making uh a great life for yourself I don't know where the second part of that is going. Yeah, well, and then, like, speaking to the hurt part of things, like, yeah, it definitely does. As We as human beings will fall short, and, and, you know, in one way or another, I think we talked about this on the treadmill, too, in one way or another, we will eventually, you know, fail at something that inevitably will cause oh, somebody yeah. some sort of pain or some sort of hurt. And you may not do it intentionally, but it it eventually may hurt somebody if you fail in a certain area that you're trying your best but and ultimately you just it's it's it is what it is i mean one of those things that i you know as much as it hurt to have my biological dad not there and as much as it hurt to have that you know the stepdad that he was there and then once once biological kids are born for a for a step parent role i mean i felt this for myself but like it it changes the dynamic on you know the way your kids perceive the love you have for them if you're a step parent mm-hmm. and really like sometimes it's less than what others experience with that but 
there's this thing in nature that you can't avoid loving your biological children even as much as you may love your stepchild you can't help but love them to a different degree within a, within a different intent than you do your stepchild and so one of the things that i had to learn and go through as well was like understanding that to an extent mm -hmm. understanding that he still loved me but it's yeah it's it caused some hurt and then you know that's the second time that i would have been hurt by something from an earthly parent role and so you know going back to what we talked on the treadmill to close things out on that is you know you have to learn how to not rely on the human being aspect of things because it will fail it falls short but learning how to develop a relationship for me anyway with my heavenly father with the one who ultimately created me and everything that i live in um learning to know what that relationship looks like and know what that heavenly father kind of love looks like because ultimately that love does not fail and it never goes away you may feel like it goes away but it doesn't because he's always right there he's always with you and he's always willing to provide for you but that relationship is something that has to be developed and if you don't develop it you'll never understand you gotta water the flower yeah or the flower or, won't grow and in some cases it dies and then in that meaning you know in some cases you die spiritually sometimes to to you know to your relationship i believe like you just you you stop growing with your relationship with them mm -hmm. and you kind of die off but do you have any other i wish i knew moments man at this point it's this just this conversation has gone so so yeah it's been amazing well, the only thing that i wish i knew or at least i wish i knew sooner was that that reliance on my my relationship with my heavenly father over anything else yeah prioritize that but you can't solve the problems yourself no like you're not gonna make you can try well i mean like you may you succeed at solving some of them yeah but but the the deep down stuff yeah that the that hurt that bitterness the anger yeah that stuff you're not gonna solve that on your own you you're gonna have to work through that yeah yeah thanks for coming out today man That's, you're like it's all good audio wizard <laughs> man of great depth i'm telling you youtube is your friend fitness fitness expert athlete car guy yeah big old car guy all right spoiler alert the next episode we're talking about uh cars and the auto industry and building uh you know projects and uh you know I'm just probably going to tell you, it's probably not going to be as deep of a conversation, and that's okay. Probably not, but it'll be just as fun. Turbos, superchargers. Fast go bits. Horsepower. Somebody Adrenaline. Clip, clip it. <laughs> Where That uh, clip of you on 120. Oh, oh man. Rowdy.
Yeah, seriously. I can't thank you enough for coming out. This has been great. So um, I think we're wrapping it right there. Probably. It's a good thing. Thanks again, man. Yeah, not a problem. I appreciate you having me over for sure. It's there's, been, It's been fun. There's... I feel like we're going to end up talking about some more deep stuff, though. Oh, probably. <laughs> no, there's was... always something good to talk about. I So, like, I love the deep conversations and everything. Like, genuinely do. Like, my mind is deep thinker-oriented kind of a thing. And, like, you'll get me going on something, and I'm like, okay, that's good. And then I'll just keep going. Well, it's going to... I can already see this from a mile away. This is what's going to happen. We're going to end this episode you're gonna go do your thing i'm gonna go do my thing and tomorrow or the following day we're gonna text each other and be like hey i thought of a new topic <laughs> i like, thought of a new what do you think about this something. yeah i mean you know and the other thing i'm getting way off topic here but there's a lot of people that have come um kind of out of the woodwork or they've crept out reached out to me and there's interest on being you know, on the show and talking about hard stuff. Mm -hmm. um, fear is real though. And oh, yeah. the, the fear of what other people are going to think and how they're going to interpret what you're saying um, is very intimidating to some people. So yeah. I have mad respect for you stepping out and going for it because yeah. it's so, all right, let me back up a second. I'm not saying I, I'm not, proud of the people that are speaking up that haven't come on the show yet that's not oh, what i'm no, saying no, no. but it, it it is hard yeah i mean it, it's it's not something that you know i'm i'm conscious to an extent of what i'm saying but i'm also sharing from my heart when i'm when i'm on a podcast or if i'm on you know something with you it's like something that people need to hear about and whether it's their same viewpoint or not, maybe it'll help one person. A lot of guys have been talking about how, you know, men, we we don't want to talk about stuff like this. Uh, well, know. most of us don't. Some yeah. of us are okay with getting into it, but most guys don't want to, and uh, they'll suffer in silence. And, uh, you know, speaking up and talking about stuff is one of the best ways. I mean, that's, the, uh, that's how you're going to uproot this yeah. stuff in life and... I've, I've tried to, uh, I don't know, maybe there's like science behind this or an explanation, but sometimes when, you, when I try to work something or work through something without actually saying it out loud or actually talking about it, it's not successful versus mm -hmm. if I go to somebody and I say, hear me out, this is what's on my heart, this is where I'm at, da 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 I seem to do a much better job with that. And of course you have to have prayer and God in that yeah. mix too. There's a certain level of communication that goes with, you know, speaking what you're, what you're dealing with or what you're wanting to convey to somebody else. And that level of communication is what sets apart being successful at communicating that or not. So I think for the most of the part that I've ever, you know, had conversation with you, and maybe it's the managerial role that you play at your work, but you do a really good job of communicating effectively. It's not like you're a slouch on it for any by any means. So did you see me slouch on this couch earlier? Did you notice that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you said slouch. I think my head was almost under the microphone, like I was getting real comfortable over yeah. here. Relax. I, I didn't notice that. Well, no. thanks for those kind words. I I wanna um 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to get going on a whole other rant about that. Okay. I got to shut her down. So, all right, man. Hey, thanks again. I think yeah. for now it's a wrap. If we have some more, uh, if we have more I wish I knew moments, you know, after this topic, that's the great thing. We can always come back, drop another short clip about, hey, this is some other thoughts we had. But I think for now we got to wrap. Yeah. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks again. Till Till next time. Hey, thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, please give me some feedback. Uh, share it. Repost it. I don't know. Do something crazy. Bryce Miller. What a man of just pure gold. That guy is inspirational and diving into such a deep topic and, let, and just him letting me in and now obviously letting, you know, you listeners in it says a lot about Bryce and just his willingness to uh you know hopefully educate others to you know teach somebody a thing or two and be so vulnerable so special shout out to Bryce Miller you sir that was that was just oof, that was awesome um hey lastly show someone some love today they just might need it until next time